with the sermon this morning is Word, 2016. Word of God in 2016, and by the way, I want to say this many times as I preach, but it hasn't changed since 2015. It's still the same. Can I get a lot of things happen in our world and our lives, a lot of change. One thing that is consistent is our God. That I change not. Where it tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need that. We need to know that there's something that's constant, something that's stable. Whether we believe it or not, it's true. I want to remind you of some things this morning. You already know that so often in Simon Peter, especially in Paul too, the Holy Spirit hasn't used the word remind. I'm writing this to remind you. So I preach this type of sermon for last twenty something years. So similar to this, because the beginning of the year, some of this is just reminded. Uh, I'm going to read again the words of grace that I read earlier. I'm going to read four different scriptures that I've chosen. I'll go back and we'll talk just a little bit about them, and then we're going to share it with you. John 1, verses 1 and 2, verse 14. This is John's version of the Christmas story. He just cuts the chase right at him in verse 14. He opens up by saying, in the beginning. Does that sound familiar? The opening statement of the Bible in Genesis is in the beginning, God. Does not try to prove his existence or anything? It simply states that he is. You can accept it or you choose not to. Many choose not to. But in the beginning, God. So he opens up by saying, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then it says, He was in the beginning with God. It's referring to Jesus. Jesus has always been around. He was not an afterthought. He was in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters of Genesis. Jesus has always been around. They already had the plan. He was here from the foundation of the world. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then he says in 14, and the Word became flesh. That's the Christmas story. That's it. Incarnate God, the divine God, said, Son, you've got to become a human because they're going to need a sacrifice. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So the Christmas story is the reason we make a big deal about Christmas. God came. And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's a balance there that our world needs to know. Thank God He's a God of grace. Do not dismiss He's a God of truth, for He is truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Read to you now from Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter, verse 3. Jesus is going to quote this on the main reference to it in Matthew 4. But I want you to hear this. The people of Israel have been taken out of Egypt, so God is feeding them mammoths from heaven. So this is what he says in Deuteronomy 8 3. So God humbled you, he allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know 
that man and woman shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's go to Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. I encourage you to read all of it. Look how many times he uses the word law and commandments and the word. This is Psalm 119, verse 89 and Forever. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's not going to change. It's already settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and then abide. He spoke it into existence. He is our creator. He is our maker. Forever, O Lord, the word is settled in heaven. I want to go to a New Testament passage in 1 Peter. The first chapter, verses 22 to 25. Read slowly, but you listen to you that are born again. This is how you got born again. Since you have purified your souls and obeyed the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. That's true. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Jesus is the incorruptible seed. How does this happen? He goes on to say, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. There's a testimony of it again. Forever. Because all flesh, now he's going to quote Isaiah 47 and 8. Simon Peter's going to talk about being born again, you're born again, a seed that is incorruptible, you're born through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is a flower of grass. Grass withers, flowers fall away. Look at our poinsettia right here. What is he in? But the word of the Lord endures how long? Forever. Thank you. Count. I read a devotion a few weeks back. Talked about second, one second. The, the gist of devotion was with how much can happen. The reality that a lot can happen in one second. Well, some of that maybe a year later, too brief. Well, I got to do a little math, and I was just curious. They didn't have all this in the devotion. Have you ever wondered how many seconds there are in a year? Of course you have. I know you have, but you're, you're fixing to find that. I did the math. I did it over and over again with my mind-boggling to me. There are 86,400 seconds in one day. Click it You multiply that times 365, you get 1,314,000 seconds. That's how many you don't get in 2016. And I know you thought about this, but you know that a lot have to change in one second. I want you to think about how many seconds of your life you give to God in 2016. I hope you plan on giving one million three hundred fourteen thousand. Another thought. Will one second will one second change the word of God or is it established forever? This is sad. It's sick. 
How many seconds this year would you give to read God's Word? Though times change, and those seasons change, which they do, those social customs change and vary, and they do. <laughs> human opinions, though human opinions change, though human opinions vary, and though philosophical viewpoints vary and they change, they have no effect on the constancy or the authority of God's word. It's been a good time today. I want us to look back at these four passages of Scripture to remind us, even though we're in a world that's changing, things can happen so quickly in one second. It should be comforting to us to know the truth is absolute. And it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. This is an epiphany. It's been given to us. He is the truth. Let's look back at these four passages very quickly. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh. John declares to us that Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. So when you read the Bible, you read Jesus. He's the Word of God. And He came and He fulfilled all of them. So I just like reading the New Testament. Read the Old because he fulfilled all of them. Jesus quoted from the Old Testament many, many times. Not once did he say, you know, just forget all that stuff. He said, I came to fulfill it. So the changes or anything that he made was that he fulfilled what the Old Testament talked about. When you read the Bible, you read Jesus. And he said, you're going to give to Jesus this year. Words with God. Word became flesh. So I'll celebrate the Second scripture I make reference to is in Deuteronomy 8 3. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. At the beginning of his earthly ministry, in Matthew the fourth chapter, Jesus is about 30 years old. He could become a priest, a Jewish priest, if he were 30, if he did it officially. So he's about 30 years old. He begins his ministry, if you remember in Matthew the fourth chapter. And he quotes Deuteronomy 8 3. Satan comes against him and reads in the wilderness. He quotes three scriptures. They all three come from the book of Deuteronomy. I encourage him to memorize the scriptures. If they were good enough for him to quote to Satan, it might be good enough for you to quote to Satan and you have to say when he comes against you in your life. And so when Satan came against him, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When he faced Satan's snares in the wilderness. By doing so, by quoting scripture, he made the knowledge of the word a powerful weapon against the attack of the adversary. That's why we need to know the word of God. Because the parallel is used as Israel's receiving the daily supply of manna. Going back, receive this manna today. We know that the believer is to seek and to feed upon a regular, daily portion of God's Word. That's the reference that Jesus is making for Deuteronomy. And for those people, I humble them. I make you hungry to know that you cannot live by bread alone. But you can only live, and the only reason you exist is because I spoke you this existence. I'm your maker. I'm your creator. I am the Word. So we have to feed on truth. When you read the Bible, you read Jesus. What he's teaching. 
We need to believe and to receive the Word of God and allow it to establish every second of our life. 1 Peter 2, 2 declares that God's Word is as essential to the believer as milk is to a newborn baby. Tom has got a brand new sweet little baby. She played the part of Jesus the other night. From the onset of her existence, she wanted some milk. She's left Claire and Jay know it. In the middle of the night, I'm hungry. God uses comparisons to say, this is a child. It's got to have that substance. You need the word of God. That's the comparison to first Peter 2. As you begin 2016, are you planning on feeding daily on the Word of God? You'll make that choice. God's Word is living, and it is also a discerning resource for meeting every second challenge that you're going to face. You just come to you. Psalms 119. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Just as He spoke, and the earth was created, and is sustained, so he who has spoken regarding his laws are living. The relativism of people in human law does not affect his authority or his standing. Truth is not relative. No, our society teaches that. Whatever you want to, whatever truth you make up, you just go with that. You see how much chaos that causes, though? There is an absolute truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life that no one will come to the Father except for me. He said that. The Muslims didn't say that. Buddha didn't say that. Jesus said it. Though. Word will become flesh. There is absolute truth. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the ability. That's the revelation that we have been given as believers. So relativism human thought does not affect his authority or his sense. However, whatever our task may be, when we come to Christ, we need to make God's word the governing principle of our life. Jesus conclusively declares in John 8, 47, He who is of God hears God's words. James 1, 2, 22 says, Further exhorts us, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Where does the word need to be applied in your life today? Let's look at the last one, First Peter 1.23. We have been born again. You're born again this morning. You have believed in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 3, he talked to Nicodemus, and he said, you must be born again. It's not an option. You must be born again. So here he talks about the born-again believer. You are not born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God which lives and heaven. Just as we owe our natural existence to the Creator's spoken Word. Life giving bread is So we owe our spiritual existence, our spiritual existence to the power of God's Word and then the Holy Spirit's activation. God's intent for our created being is completely fulfilled only when our spirits are alive for Him. The Holy Spirit makes this possible. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comfort. He will speak of me. He will speak of the Father's truth. He will convict you of sin. None of us have been born again unless the Spirit of God revealed it to us because of truth, because of what the Word says. 
time happens. Isaiah said, Who has believed him before? Thank God we have. It's an epiphany to us. We've been given this revelation. That new creation is an ongoing process in each of our lives. Power, God's word, brings spiritual life to all who are open to its truth. The word of God provides for us a solid base for every second of our lives. Truth keeps firm and secure no matter what circumstances we may face in 2016. We don't know what we're going to face. I don't know. I know I've been on this journey long enough to know one second to change everything so quickly. But one thing that's consistent, one thing I can find, is that the Word became flesh. And He's the truth. He is the way. The Word of God is established. I can find that. We come to communion. Be reminded the Word became flesh. And when you and I come, we sincerely humble our heart before God. And if we receive communion, we receive Jesus. Word of God. Word plus God. Word. Take place. Twelve months. We Gentiles here at Gaston out loud might know the truth and have a relationship. Personal relationship. When you read the Bible, Jesus. I prayed, I've been praying, even again this morning when I got up early, I prayed. Say this to you that I pray that the Word of God will establish every second that you're going to face in 2016. Pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you and praise you. God, we, we, we're in a world that's changing constantly, opinions and thoughts. And Thank you, God, for your work. Thank you that you have revealed to us. 